0: What's going on, everyone? Alex Miller from the Eagle here, live inside the Kyle Field press box following Texas A&M's season-opening victory over Sam Houston State. Guys, it's been a long afternoon um, here. Joined, of course, with Robert Cessna and Travis Brown of the Eagle. Sorry for not introducing you. Leave us out. I, I know.
1: We'll just stand here and be your backup. <laughs>
0: <person>. <laughs> All right, Cease. What what was the biggest takeaway from A&M's win over the Bearcats today?
2: In fact, I had two days in a row I had to wait for uh, weather delay. That's that's <laughs> unbelievable. But no, I guess I, I, I it was kind of a mixed result. As far as I was concerned, I, I didn't think they played well at times in the first half. I was impressed with their drive to open the second half. I was impressed with some of Haynes King's throws, but not his other throws. I think it's a game that Jimbo is going to use a lot for for coaching. And a lot of youngsters played Uh, to me, a typical first game. I actually thought they'd play better. And maybe that's on me since they didn't have a lot of seniors. Once again, you look at the as few seniors as they have. And I still don't think Sam Houston might be a good team, but it's a a good game. It's a game you can build on definitely. Travis,
0: you seem to focus a lot on Haynes King and his first outing back since he got injured last year against Colorado, you know, diving a little bit more into him. What would you kind of make of his outing this afternoon?
1: I mean, he's kind of nailed it when he said there was some great throws. There were some not so great throws. You, you look at, uh, the one that actually kind of popped back up in my mind was the one to the uh, sideline, to Nia Smith early in the game where he jumps up and catches it over the receiver. It was a perfectly placed pass right where he could get it right over the receiver, uh, move them down the field or the the pass down the seam uh that Anaya smith scored that 66 yard touchdown on uh was perfect strike all he had to do was just kind of turn his hips a little bit and it was right there but then you know cease looked over to us earlier in the game and and one of the little just dump off passes to devon a chain in the flat he said well that looked like a zach calzada pass and it was true i mean he he the the easy passes the passes that you, that were within zero to nine yards, that probably you should be hitting at a middle seventy to eighty clip. He was hitting at a sixty-eight percent clip uh, when he was at fifty percent over twenty yards, which is pretty good for that range in the game. So, I think we can see that for the most part, the deep ball is there, with just a little bit of tweaks and decision making. He had the two interceptions. It's that mid-range and short-level pass that actually is something that he needs to work on, and they're going to need those kinds of plays uh, moving into SEC play when you face stouter defensive backs who are going to eliminate that deep passing game.
0: Yeah, Haynes King, of course, he was 20 of 31, 364 yards. A lot of those came on those three long touchdown passes over 60 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. On the flip side... Hainum really had a hard time getting the getting the running game established. And Cease, I mean, we we were chatting around the game. You know, uh, that offensive line, you know, coming in had high hopes and just really couldn't get it done for a while.
2: Yeah, once again, is I want to read into things because you see, maybe why Haynes King does get a big, you know, kudos over Johnson for the job because his legs, he can make a lot of plays. And I was not impressed with that offensive line at all. Now. True, they're missing Bryce Foster. Could he mean that much? I get it. Sam Houston State is a good FCS team, but if you can't run the ball, and a chain it was very average, I, I didn't think I would see that. I said this guy could get 180 yards today. What was I thinking? I mean, I've, I've been up too late. I guess there's too much rain <laughs> delays. But I thought that offensive line, because I have heard how competitive it have been, how all they're too deep and everything. They got a new line coach. I expected them to rush for close to 200 yards today. Not even close.
1: And Jimbo Fisher mentioned, too, that it wasn't on a chain. It was on the blocking. Mm -hmm. They weren't necessarily reading the twists and the stunts. There's some timing. There's communication that goes into picking up your blockers in those situations. The offensive line wasn't getting it. But there were some times in there that it seemed like when they did give him a little bit of a hole, he just didn't have the vision to make that cut that, that, that he necessarily had last year. He just didn't seem... Mentally and and, in vision wise completely on his game today Uh, But I do admit that I do think that a a good portion of it was on the offensive line
2: You know you look at things once the game's over now. I I just took it for granted that That was the a change first start. I mean he's played a lot, but with Spiller starting and you just don't think about these things And uh, you know and I listened to the post game. I let you guys go down and I kind of chuckled to myself when he said oh Sam Houston State was doing stunts and all this I said, man, if you're having a problem with that, when you play New the Arkansas defensive line and the SEC lines, they got to get a lot better. And I just thought that unit would be better. But it's just one game. A lot of people are going to read my story tomorrow and go, Susan, I thought you'd be a lot better. And I go, well, it's the delays, whatever. So <laughs> it's first game for everybody.
0: Yeah, let's see. Devon A-Chain, 18 carries, only 42 yards, a long of 12. Before the 12, I think his long was only 5 A yeah. M as a team, 32 rushes for 110 yards. Um, Haynes King, he had 35 rushing yards himself. Had, had a couple nice little scampers in there. Uh, you know, a little, little bit of, of mix-up on the offensive line here and there. You know, we saw Layden Robinson come in and out. Jordan Moko getting some action at guard, uh, you know. Matthew Wyckoff starting at center. We knew that was going to happen, of course. Remington Strickland got a little bit of playing time. And, you know, it was, it, it's going to be interesting to see if maybe there's a little bit of musical chairs going on in the
1: coming weeks. It's certainly—you know, they had the, what, two-hour and 45-minute, 41-minute, uh, I think, rain delay— I- I honestly think that did them some good. It's, I think I, they yeah. I, I think you. that they loosened up a little bit coming out of that. I think they were a little bit tight. I think there was some like even Jimbo Fisher said some wide eyes from some freshmen in there. I think going in there kind of let everything cuz they looked they were still weren't great in the second half, but they looked like a completely different team. They looked like a team that was on the same page as each other. I mean, really especially the offense. If you go back to the first besides those two long touchdown passes, they were pretty anemic in that first half. Yeah. Uh, it really was the second half that uh, made them that that they really came out. And I I do think there was something to having that you know you you I think a lot of the trope is the rain delay. Everyone gets cool their their bodies cool down they can't get warmed up everything I think it actually served them some good to kind of take the the spotlight off the game a little bit especially from some of the young guys
0: yeah especially if you almost maybe get a three-hour butt chewing
2: <laughs> and I'll follow that up being a typical negative media I thought Sam Houston State did little in the first half and at 17-0 I thought they'd come out the game's over I didn't think they come out with the same enthusiasm I thought they were flying to the ball, playing pretty hard. I give Sam Houston a lot of credit for the first half, but I didn't think they come out for the second half. I think the delay they were in there, they probably never been in that good a locker room. They probably just resting, sleeping. I just thought they didn't come out as well. Maybe, once again, I'm trying to read. I didn't think Sam Houston answered the bell, which is not good for AM. I mean, AM, I st- still think, should have won by more. And I'm writing at the end, I go, 31 nothing. What else do you want? Well, I'm like anybody else. I thought they should have done better.
0: Well, and what stuck with me was, you know, if there's an adjective to describe Jimbo Fisher on offense, it's stubborn. Uh, and <laughs> truth be told, they came out and ran the football pretty much all the way down the field that first drive. And, you know, they get the ball inside the three, and it takes them three tries to run it. He runs it all three times. No play action. No, no passing. He's just trying to run it with that two tight end set. And you know, that's just, that's just the way he rolls. We're hitting see You know, you kind of mentioned he's done that before too.
2: Yeah. And the good thing was that that was a great drive. That's what yeah. they should. They just pounded the ball. They run some. Eye. I saw Smith carry the ball, but now see, I think be a coach. I'll be a coach slash writer. I'm looking forward to that next game because last year we didn't see it because Haynes King got hurt early. So now I want to see how do you build on that against a better team? So what do we see next week? If I remember right,
1: too, a little bit of a slow start against Kent State last year. And then right. I know it wasn't Haynes King, but even you go back to 2020, the good season, that Vanderbilt game Vanderbilt. had a lot of people worried. Um, it just isn't necessarily that that first game isn't necessarily that something that, that Jimbo Fisher's teams have, have done well. Um, so there, there could be some bright side to that.
2: Yeah, it, once again, it's, it's just one game. But, you know, now at least we're not talking about what we didn't see in fall camp. <laughs> I'm talking about what I saw, like Durkin, like the defense, one penalty, smart defense, played well, wasn't out of position a lot. The biggest play was on special teams screwing up, not Durkin. So I give Durkin a high grade today.
1: Yeah, you know, I think the only thing that had me a little concerned in the first half was actually the defensive secondary, which a lot of people said, and we even, you know, thought might be one of the strong suits. And it still very well could be, uh, but you had a couple of times where some guys were slipping through the middle of zones Mm -hmm. and some guys slipping in the back that if uh, they had – uh, accurate passing from the quarterback that could have turned into some big plays and it could have made that first half a little bit more interesting. Things locked down a little bit more in the second half. Some of that might have to go to Jalen Jones being out, one of the veteran cornerbacks. They were rotating uh, uh, Tyreek Chappelle and Denver Harris in over there. I thought Denver Harris had a pretty decent game over there. It was actually Tyreek Chappelle who had the most notable, got blown past, and uh, uh, it was an uh, overthrown ball. Um, Took but ownership of secondary too. was a little stop. St- the whole game was stop-start, except for the defensive line. I thought the defensive line was good from start to finish. The uh, so defensive secondary was a little stop-start in the game, too, as well.
0: Yeah, pretty vanilla up front for A&M. You know, they they, they got pressure but weren't really throwing any crazy stunts and blitzes at them, just kind of sticking with their base defense. And, hey, truth be told, A&M's defense, when Sam Houston was threatening, they forced two big turnovers and kept the goose egg intact,
2: so – yeah, it's, you forget it's a long game. They should have had the one play where Chapel played it wrong. I thought they put enough pressure on the quarterback that he threw a lot of bad passes and they weren't able to get open. And so they did enough. But you're right. The way the game was going in that first half, if they make that play and it's 17-7, let's be honest. If they don't throw Smith at the end, that 10-0 at halftime that'd have been real shaky. That'd have been real shaky.
0: Well, I think one of the highlights of our day was maybe during the delay getting to watch the end of that Appalachian State-North Carolina game. What a what a bonkers game. And, I mean, you know, you look at what A&M did. That App State team that was, I mean, just that close to upsetting North Carolina, I mean, they're coming to Kyle Field next weekend.
1: When it's all said and done, I, you know, uh, Cease mentioned he doesn't really – we don't really know quite yet what the Sam Houston State team could be. But if they – if history proves itself and – that game against North Carolina proves itself. If AM can come out of these two games with some pretty decisive wins, at least on the scoreboard, that's going to set them up for a pretty strong strength of schedule in that non-conference because they both look like, especially Appalachian State, looks like they could be pretty two pretty two pretty good teams. Now, the key is they put up 31 against Sam Houston State. Appalachian State put up 63 against uh, North Carolina. They're going to have a better defense than North Carolina does for sure, but they're going to have to probably match points for points uh, and not necessarily have some of the overthrows, some of the three-and-outs, and some of the lack of run game they had uh, in, in this game against the same Houston State against Appalachian State if they're going to want to win that game.
2: Yeah, that's that's the beauty of, of somebody else. Who's going to dictate the game? Or is it a wash? Does, it, does, you know, they get some offense. A&M's got to pick up their offense. Their defense is not as a – that's why I love next week's game because it's a step up, so we'll see what A&M can do. All right, that's
0: gonna do it for us here in the press box. Be sure to check theeagle.com for all of our coverage from today's game. We'll see you next time. Good afternoon. Um, here joined, of course, with Robert.